Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. seven season previews in seven days for the NRL. I've done two in two days. This is day three. So I'm going to look to complete in the next seven days. Now what, like five days, all 16 of my NRL season previews. I've already done the majority of them. So you can go back and listen to them. You should be able to find them where you're listening now. Uh, And I went through every team. So I started with the Bulldogs. Now we are at the Roosters today. And before I get into it, if you enjoy the content today and the podcast, then be sure to follow us on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. Going to be working on a lot of content coming out in the next few weeks, including movie reviews, a lot of NRL stuff, UFC stuff, and plenty of other things. So not just the sports report on Instagram, and also follow this podcast on whatever platform you are listening on, and you'll be able to see whenever new podcasts drop. So now I'm going to get into it. Let's go. And I'm going to start, as I do with most of the podcasts, with the coach, the head honcho. Although at the Roosters, I guess you could say Nick Politis is the head honcho. I won't get into Nick Politis and his influence today because I could do it for so long. Uh, But I'll start with that as well. Nick Politis has a major influence over the success of the Sydney Roosters. So now on to the coach, Trent Robinson. Uh, That's a 10 out of 10. That is an A+. He is, I know Des Hasler is probably right there in the conversation, but for me, the three GOAT coaches at the moment, I know that GOAT is greatest of all time. These are the greatest, uh, potentially. Wayne Bennett, Craig Bellamy, Trent Robinson, who is the youngest in his career out of all of them. I don't know if he's going to be a lifelong coach, uh, but for however long Trent Robinson wants to be the coach of the Roosters, I think he's the man. I definitely think... He's got a few more premierships under his belt before he does call it a day. But he had had some guys in the ranks that could potentially replace him. Craig Fitzgibbon was that like number one guy that if Trent Robinson was to move on and be very comfortable in leaving the Roosters in good hands, then Craig Fitzgibbon would have been that guy. He is off to the Cronulla Sharks, so a really big development. I've done my Sharks season preview. I actually put them in ninth place, but... That was not because of Craig Fitzgibbon. I rate him as a great coach. I think out of all like the new coaches we're starting to see enter the game, or not new, but the ones getting head coach roles like Jason Demetrio, who's also really good, and things like that, and even Adam O'Brien a couple of years ago getting the Knights job. I think Craig Fitzgibbon is going to be the best of the lot. I really wanted the Warriors, my team, to sign him, uh, but we couldn't get it done. I rate Craig Fitzgibbon highly, so... He's going to be a massive loss for the Roosters. He'd played for he'd been at them for decades. Like he played for them. He was like an unreal player, represented Australia, New South Wales Blues, just a, an incredible back rower, a goal-kicking forward as well, one of the best defensive forwards. Like Craig Fitzgibbon really had it all as a player. It was a phenomenal player with like Brad Fittler in his team, Anthony Minicello, Luke Rickardson. Some of those guys, the Roosters guys when I was really young and first started watching NRL, they were one of my favorite teams for sure. And Craig Fitzgibbon, I really loved the way he went about his business. 
Uh, so yeah, he's going to be a massive loss for the Roosters, but Trent Robinson, as I said, A-plus as far as the coaching goes. He's had that many minor premierships. He's won premierships. He won a premiership, I believe, in his first season as a head coach at the Roosters. And yeah, he's just incredible. I cannot speak highly enough about Trent Robinson. So yeah, huge, huge pass mark for the coach of the Sydney Roosters. I do believe as well the Roosters have got Jason Riles in this season, who spent time as an assistant under Craig Bellamy at the Storm. Riles also played for the Roosters, I believe. I think he played for Roosters, Dragons, Storm, maybe a club in the Super League. But I actually met Jason Riles as well uh, the day before I had like a high school grand final and I was a prop and he was a prop and I was like, mate, do you have any advice? And he was just like, run hard. He's probably like, fuck off, uh, run hard. And so I was like, okay, well, I got to see a little glimpse of the uh, a future potential He's been talked up, Jason Riles, as maybe a future master coach. So there you go. A little bit of a uh, brush with lame, if you will, with Jason Riles. And yeah, he gave me some advice. Run hard. And I was like, wow, yeah, true. I'd been playing prop, uh, just really trying to ball play, work on my kicking game. And I was like, man. So yeah, I took that advice on board and we lost the grand final. So Jason Riles, though, he has signed with the Sydney Roosters. He was at Eng in the English Rugby Union setup under Eddie Jones, I'm pretty sure, in between his stint at Melbourne and arriving at the Roosters, but he has huge raps on him. So Jason Riles is a great guy to bring in with Craig Fitzgibbon, obviously, departing. And I do believe as well that Brett Morris, now that he's retired, he's going to step into an assistant coaching role. And if he is as good an assistant coach as he was a winger, then fucking hell, we may have another master coach on our hands. Now, I was looking at positions of note for the Roosters, and one major one this season, because they are definitely within my three teams, and it's pretty obvious which three teams uh, that I believe are in the running to really go hard and take out the Premiership this season. And the main position with the Roosters that really concerns me and kind of makes me hesitant about picking them as my choice for premiers is the dummy half position. And that's no disrespect to Sam Verrills. He's already won a premiership, uh, but he has had a couple of injuries. That is one thing that does worry me. And he's got the role next season, uh, or this season, sorry. I keep forgetting how close we are to the bloody season. Uh, so he's got the position this season, but I back Sam Verrills. It's more like if he goes down... I know they've got the Marsh brothers or Marshke uh, brothers who they won an under 20s premiership uh, with the Roosters. So, you know, if that counts for anything. And they they went really well last year. But yeah, I'm not sure. No disrespect to Ben Marshke. Hopefully he could prove me wrong. Uh, if he steps in to the dummy half position, I don't know if they can be a premiership team up against some like dummy half combinations like Mitchell Kenny and RP Coruscant. Brandon Smith and Harry Grant, with obviously uh, the latter in both those pairings being the first choice. Uh, and there's plenty of others, so that is a bit of a position of worry. And they have signed Brandon Smith, the hectic cheese, to come in and fill that role, which is a huge signing. And that's kind of like, wow, next season, definitely right in the mix for a premiership. But they want to be right there this season as well. I just wonder as well with Sam Verrill's the kind of vote of confidence in signing Brandon Smith from the Roosters and saying like, this is gonna be our number one dummy half. So Verrill's more than likely 
going to leave at season's end, maybe goes to the Dolphins or one of the Sydney clubs. I'm sure a lot of clubs will be after him. He's a young Premiership winning dummy half. He stepped in very admirably for Jake Friend. Uh, and that was another note I had in terms of the depth at Hooker. They had the retirement of Jake Friend, one of their most influential players, alongside Boyd Cordner uh, over the last decade, probably their most def- those who are their most influential players. And then you throw in the Morris twins and what they had to offer and their experience. And there were even more like Orbison retired the year before. Uh, a lot of experience and a lot of that successful roost is set up. The pillars of that are now gone. So that is really interesting. They do have Jared Warrior Hargreaves and he's entering the final years of his decorated career. So I think now we're going to see the Roosters, especially after last year, having so many young guys step up maybe earlier than expected. I think now we're going to start to see a slow shift and guys like Victor Radley, uh, Angus Crichton, who he already is a leader, but the guys like that and plenty of others throughout the squad, Joey Manu and obviously Tedesco, who has been one of the best captains in the NRL uh, and at, he's the captain at origin level, could definitely be the next Australian Kangaroos captain. So still a lot of leadership within the Roosters. And I think under Trent Robinson's guidance, we're going to see them take it to another gear, uh, another gear and another level, I guess I could say, uh, this season. And that they're going to build on what they already have and the experience that they have and that they are going to now really step up some of the younger guys stepping up into a leadership position and some of the other emerging players stepping up to just making the first grade squad. Another name that has departed that offered plenty of experience and was a major contributor throughout the Roosters' success under Trent Robinson was Isaac Liu, who's a great signing for the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, very underrated signing this season, but definitely the Roosters are going to be missing Isaac Liu especially if they have uh, injuries to guys like Lindsay Collins. They had so many injuries last year, so it is a bit of a worry what happens if there are COVID disruptions, injuries, suspensions to like Victor Adley. He always seems to get a few under this bullshit like judiciary system. Uh, so yeah, that's not bullshit, but yeah, you get what I mean. Uh, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting if there are injuries and if the Roosters have to lean on a lot of their squad but that's where last year really helps them because they already had to do that. Now they have plenty of young players who have first grade experience and they kind of know just a little bit about what the Roosters represent and how they like to play and that every season for the Roosters is a premiership season. Like They don't roll with premiership windows. They are always aiming to win the premiership. So hopefully for them, and I'm sure they will, Last year's brutal injury toll took a massive impact on their season, and I think this year they're going to be able to keep guys on the park. They may lose a couple through injuries, maybe a big player like Tedesco. He's hoping they don't. Um, but I think they have the guys to step up now, even if there are injuries. Drew Hutchison last year stepped up big time. He, in the under-20s at the Dragons, was like an under-20s origin player. He may have even played, represented Australia. I know he played for the Blues at under 20s level and he was rated as like the dragon's next best thing uh things didn't really work out he kind of shifted around found himself over in the uk i can't exactly remember which club it might have been like lee centurions i can't exactly remember but he ended up coming back to the roosters or coming back to the nrl he was never at the roosters and he, he was there for a little while it wasn't like he just came back last year 
and he was supposed to be like the reserve grade half, bit of a backup, but he stepped up massively last year to be probably the best half. I know Sam Walker gets talked about a lot, and rightly so, uh, but Drew Hutchison steadied the ship, and that kind of allowed the likes of Lachlan Lamb and Sam Walker to take the game on. Speaking of Sam Walker, last year we got to see the very exciting debuts, two debuts of players that, before they'd even made their NRL first grade debut, people knew who they were, people wanted to see them in action, Sam Walker and Joseph Suwali. Now they've both had their debuts, uh, and Sam Walker played a lot more games than Suwali, who had his season injured, uh, ended sorry, prematurely through injury, but Walker and Suwali bound to play some more games this season. I don't know if Suwali's going to be in their round one starting lineup, but gee whiz, like, when he gets his opportunities, you just know both of these guys are going to be good without heaping too much pressure on them. But that's the beauty of the Roosters. Like, there are so many guys in that setup, like Tedesco, Manu, Luke Carey, if he's fit, uh, freaking, like, even Sam Verrills, Victor Radley, Connor Watson. So there are a lot of guys that can take kind of that shine and the attention and the spotlight away from these young guys. And definitely when like a Sam Walker has like a game-winning moment or whatever, or Suwali scores a dope try, like definitely the commentators and the media are going to lose their shit. But there are enough players throughout the Roosters where like, it's not like a lower level club where it's all riding on this young halfback to like turn things around. <clears throat> Luke Brooks. Uh, so yeah, I think it's just a better setup where they've got guys around them and yeah it's not going to have to be Suwali and Walker talk every week I don't even know if Suwali starts in round one and I think throughout the year Walker's still developing he's put some weight on to kind of muscle up and prepare himself to get through the grind of first grade but I think throughout the sta uh, stages of the year we may see Walker just get rested for a game or two uh, to make sure that by the end of the year he's still at the peak of his powers Another player who is coming to the Roosters this season, or they came last season, or whenever the fuck they came, that was a pretty poor segue. Uh, but Paul Momorowski, he is coming back to the Roosters, played his under-20s football at the Roosters, uh, started there obviously, played some first grade, but then he went to the West Tigers for an opportunity, played really well, even started kicking some goals, Momorowski time. Uh, and then in 2020, Paul was loaned out to the Storm, and Momorowski was a member of the 2020 Premiership winning squad. So he didn't play for the Storm in the grand final, but he did play some games throughout the season for them at right centre. Momorowski then moved to Penrith last season, starting and winning the grand final for them. So the Panthers, obviously they won last season. Phenomenal season. Paul Momorowski was there at right centre for them. So the last two NRL Premiership celebrations, Paul Momorowski has been there. How good. He'll want to be involved in a third straight here. And the wrist is like, he picks his clubs pretty well. He's like, you know, I want to fucking get on it. I don't know if that's his, you know, that's definitely not his motivation. But, you know, if it was, if he was like, I want to have the best Mad Monday ever, then, you know, first you go, started the, he started the Roosters. He was like, yeah, this seems good. And then they weren't giving him games. So he's like, oh, I'll go to the Tigers. And then as soon as he could, he goes to the Storm, involved in a premiership. Then he's like, well, the Panthers were pretty good last year. Yeah, they want me? Oh, dope. I'll go over there. Wins a premiership. Ah, oh, and now I'll just saunter back on to the Roosters. So, Paul Momorowski, won't that be a stat? If he wins three premierships in three years, I'd love to get him on the podcast and just hear some celebration stories. 
Uh, another guy who could give some great celebration stories coming to the club this season, Kevin Naguama. Uh, he's been at St. Helens the last three years, three premierships in a row. I'm pretty sure someone correct me on that if I'm wrong. I am like 95% sure he's coming off three premierships in the Super League in a row as a gun right centre. Absolutely killed it over in the Super League to the point where the Roosters, especially after last year, so many backline injuries. Morris Twins have retired as well. Billy Smith at times has had real trouble with like serious injuries. He's had a lot of trouble staying on the park. Uh, So Kevin Naguama, another guy, he's coming over looking for his fourth straight premiership. So the Roosters have brought, like, last year they had a lot of injuries and things, and now they're kind of changing the makeup of the team a little bit. They've just brought in two backline players coming off two and three premierships, respectively. So if you're adding guys to your roster, that was something that really caught my eye from the Sydney Roosters. And both Kevin Naguama and Paul Momorowski are absolutely at a first-grade standard. And especially in a system like the Roosters, I can see both of them excelling. I think Naguama, he and Joseph Suwali are battling for the right wing position. I think, I'm pretty sure Naguama has an edge to start on the right wing. And I did see for their trial team list this weekend, they have Adam Kieran at right, uh, left center, sorry. So I love that. I'm actually a huge fan of Adam Kieran. I'm a Warriors fan and he played for us for like a season or two. He played his last uh, game for us and scored a hat-trick at left centre. And he's a half by nature, but he's so versatile. And I really like him. I was a bit sad the Warriors let him go. Uh, But I was happy when the Roosters picked him up. I was like, man, I hope he gets to play some game time. So he's in the frame for the left centre position to start the season. Really great effort from Adam Kieran. He's a phenomenal goal kicker as well, which adds a lot of the kind of reason as to why you should get him in because if Kerry and Sam Walker are the first choice halves combination then it makes sense to you don't want to put all the pressure on Walker to be kicking the goals Adam Kieran is probably a better goal kicker as well so Adam Kieran is firming for that left center position to start the season and I couldn't be happier for him he was released from the Warriors I was like guys come on this guy's pretty good uh, but I guess the Warriors were making changes of their own we let Isaiah Papali'i go as well. We let a couple of guns go, but I've been really happy to see both of them thriving at their new clubs. Speaking of thriving, James Tedesco as the captain. Uh, each like podcast, I go through the captain. James Tedesco gets an absolute pass mark. Premier player of our game, probably exceeded everyone's expectations as far as his leadership has gone as well. Uh, and I, there's no question in my mind, James Tedesco can be a premiership winning captain. We've also got Joey Manus, who if Tedesco goes down, not in a captaincy sense, but in the fullback sense, if Kerry goes down in the 5'8 sense, Joey Manus' versatility is priceless. It really is priceless here. He'll probably start at right center, or he's supposed to start at 5'8, either 5'8 or right center, but it looks like if Kerry is out, they're gonna play Joey Manu in round one up against the Knights at 5'8. And just no matter where he plays, he is phenomenal. If he plays in the center position, the word is that he's going to be like a roving fullback anyway, similar to what uh, Tom Trebojevic did at origin level. So very scary. I think Joey Marnie is going to be one of the definite major players of our competition this year. The Warriors, my team, we were trying to sign him. That was one where I was like, oh, fuck yeah. 
Even if we played him at 5'8 and Walsh at fullback, please don't leave Walsh to the Dolphins. Fuck. Fuck. Uh, yeah, side note. Um, but if Joey Marnie had have come to the Warriors, I was like, man, I was so, so pumped about that. I thought that it was maybe a possibility as well, but he's chosen to stay with the Roosters. And man, that keeps the Roosters pretty strong. I know they've lost a lot of guys, uh, but that's allowed them to give Joey Manu that little bit more money and say like, mate, what do you want to go to the Warriors for? Like, they're my team, but like, you know, it's like, they have never won a premiership. You think you're going to go over there? We can pay you this much and you can have this much success and, you know, live the current life you're living, which is probably a very good setup. Or you can go to the Warriors who, they, are you going to be in New Zealand? Are you going to be in Australia? Where are your kids going to go to school? I don't even know if he has kids. He might not. Uh, but like, you know, are you going to live in New Zealand? Are you going to live in Australia? Like there's so much uncertainty surrounding the Warriors. So that was a huge retention. I do get to gains and losses a bit later in the podcast, but I don't do as like any real retention chat. But that is like primetime, 10 out of 10 retention, keeping Joey Manu at the Roosters. Now, I'm going to look at both teams' depth in both the backline and the forwards, because obviously, as I've said, they had a really big injury toll last season. So I'm going to have a look just on their uh, website. Now, there are players that are in the frame for both forward and back positions that are probably more reserve grade or younger players. But I'm just going to go through their website quickly, run through the forwards and backs. And actually, you know what? Fuck it. On the fly. I do the top 30 browse anyway. I could just edit this out. But I'll, I'll, I'll just do it in the top, top 30 browse when I go through their team. How about that? So let's just move on. Sorry. Moving on now very quickly. Uh, my X Factor player, I have one for every team. My X Factor player for the Roosters is Luke Carey. Uh, did his ACL, was out for last season. Huge loss when they've won their premierships. Luke Carey has been a major part of that. I remember with Cooper Cronk having that devastating injury. And Luke Carey just ran the team. He was the 5'8". He was the halfback. He is the key. Like, my X-Factor player, the whole premise around that, like, there are a lot of guys that could fit that bill. Tedesco, Joey Manu. Uh, but in terms of the X-Factor player... It's a guy that is going to win you games when it is a win or lose situation. Uh, situation they are going to get you over the line. And when I think of these really big, cha- like premiership contenders, uh, then it becomes even more. It's like who in a grand final can step up under the pressure and deliver. And my X Factor player for the Roosters is Luke Carey. I think if he stays on the park, they are absolutely there on grand final day if they can keep their squad mainly intact. Uh, So yeah, my X-Factor player, Luke Carey, he doesn't look like he's going to start in round one, and I definitely have question marks over his durability and whether he's going to get through the season, but if he does, watch out, because the Roosters with Luke Carey go from like just a great team to like an almost unstoppable team when they're firing. They were firing at the start of last season, and then yeah, he went down, and they worked it out, but... The team is just so much better with Luke Carey. They do have Drew Hutchison, Lachlan Lamb, who's also been in the fullback at trials. Uh, Sam Walker, I think I may have said Drew Hutchison. I can't remember which one of those I said first, my bad. Uh, But my one to watch, a young half who may step up this season if they do have a few injuries, Ronald Volkman. He's a young halfback. I think he was a rugby union convert, 
and he's just got skills for days. I haven't seen a heap of him. I was trying to watch out for him last season, but the New South Wales Cup competitions and such got cancelled. And so I've been waiting, waiting to see a bit of Ronald Volkman. So put that name down. Uh, he's my one to watch, Ronald Volkman. Hopefully he can get into the New South Wales Cup for the North Sydney Bears this season. Really put his best foot forward. And remember the name, Ronald Volkman for the Sydney Roosters. Now, in terms of the trials, the Roosters played like their third string squad and lost to the Raiders this past weekend. They are playing a, tra- a trial this weekend, but obviously that hasn't happened yet. So there's not a lot to go through in terms of their first grade guys. Pretty much none of them played in the first trial. Uh, so that leaves me with just a couple of things to do before my prediction. And one of those things is to go through their first 10 games, which is what I do on each podcast. Just go through the first 10 games and see what kind of start to the season the Roosters could potentially be expecting. All right, first 10 games of the season. Sorry if you can hear my housemate doing dishes in the background, but that's not a bad thing. It's always good to have dishes done. Uh, So I'll just get through the first 10 games of the Roosters season. Uh, First game of the season, Sydney Cricket Ground, Roosters vs Knights. I predicted Knights to finish 13th, so I'll back the Roosters to win that one. It looks like they will be without Luke Carey, though. In round two at the Sydney Cricket Ground, the Roosters will play the Seagulls. What a matchup that'll be in a really hard start for the Seagulls, who face the Panthers and the Roosters in the first couple of rounds. So immediately, between the Seagulls and a couple of those really big teams, we're going to get a very early gauge on where the Seagulls are at in terms of premiership contention, but... The start of the season doesn't mean everything, does it? Because we saw the Seagulls have one of the all-time worst starts to the season last year and then have one of the all-time best seasons we've seen from a team, or at least definitely an individual player. Uh, Then in round three, the Roosters are going to take on the Rabbitohs. That'll be a really hard game. The Rabbitohs have actually had the Roosters number in the last couple of seasons, so I think we're going to see the Rabbitohs step up. They could be a very tough ask to beat, But that'll be a close game, great rivalry game, and Latrell Mitchell versus Joey Manu. That's what the media will be billing it as all week. They'll be like, yeah, fuck yeah, the rivalry, the hatred. And then if there's even like, you know, one punch, it'll be like, this is disgusting. If someone says like, fuck, they'll be like, this is an outrage. That's how they do it. Uh, Now in round four, the Roosters will travel to Townsville. They're going to do a double header in Queensland over two weeks. So first up, in round four, they'll take on the Cowboys in Townsville. Then in round five, they'll take on the Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. Those two Queensland teams could be going really well or really shit, you know? Like, they're both... It's still really hard to tell exactly where both of those sides are at. But the Broncos last year beat the Roosters. So, you know, those could be some tricky games for the Roosters to navigate. Then in round six, the Roosters play my team, the Warriors, so... That's another definite loss for the Roosters. Nah, definitely. If I'm being realistic, like, Roosters most likely beat us. Uh, but I just can't take my biased biased goggles off. I'm going to just tip tip probably the Warriors at this stage. I think we can beat them, but, like, you know what? If, if, I, if I wasn't a Warriors fan, my prediction would probably be, like, Roosters 36-6 or something. Uh, so we'll move on from that game. You don't need my biased perspective. Uh, In round seven, it'll be the Anzac Day game against the Dragons. That could be a real danger game for the Roosters. Uh, Guys like Talatau Amone and Tyrell Sloan are going really, really well, and they could cause the Roosters some definite issues 
in round eight. It'll be the Bulldogs up against the Roosters. Uh, that'll be an interesting game as well. They've been rivals in the past. Uh, when I first started watching League, they were like the two most dominant teams. So hopefully the Bulldogs can start to get back there again. They've got guys like Matt Burton, uh, Tavita Pango Jr., Josh Adekar, Brent Naden, and they've got Reed Marnie and Viliami Kakao coming next season. So that'll actually be a really big game this season. Roosters up against the Bulldogs. In round nine, the Roosters will be playing another game in Queensland, another back-to-back. Uh, round nine, they'll face the Titans in Mackay. And then in round 10 at Magic Round, the Roosters will face the Eels. So I think that if they can win a lot of those games, which I think they probably will, they'll probably beat the Warriors. Like, let me go back to that. They'll probably beat the Warriors, like, most likely. Uh, but... Yeah, if they don't win a lot of those games, if they have some slip-ups against teams like the Bulldogs or the Dragons or the Titans or the Eels, that could leave the Roosters vulnerable because they definitely are beatable. They're not this unstoppable force, uh, but I just think the way that the coaching is set up and the players that they do have, even with some of the changes that have been made this season and last, I think the Roosters are still going to be an absolute threat for the top four I'm going to jump into their gains and losses now. And I just wanted to start first with Connor Watson, who became very close to becoming my uh, X-Factor player. That was it, nearly forgot. X-Factor player was nearly Connor Watson, but I just figured he may be coming off the bench as the number 14. So maybe he's not the guy that wins and loses games, but I think Connor Watson absolutely can change the result of a game, especially if Victor Radley is injured or suspended at points then Connor Watson could be a great starting lock. But I think coming off the bench, he can play fullback, he can play 5'8", he can play dummy half, he can play as a middle forward, he can play as a ball-playing lock, which is also a middle forward. So he adds so much, and I just think having that off the bench is going to be huge for the Roosters, and that is another aspect that is going to help them win games that are really tight contests. And going back to what I said about if Sam Verrills goes down, and I'm not sure if, uh, I think it's Ben Marshke is the one who's the more preferred one at dummy half, uh, then Connor Watson can play there as well. Who knows, we may very well see Trent Robinson decide to use Connor Watson as a dummy half as the season goes along. So now I will jump into the rest of their gains and losses, and I'll go through the rest of the Roosters' gains first. They've signed another couple of players. They have Kevin Naguama coming over from St. Helens, Love that as a signing. We've also got Renoff Artoni coming from the Bulldogs. I've heard some really respected names. I respect the rugby league guru's opinion. I don't listen. I don't have a lot of time to listen to heaps of different things. So I don't always listen to the rugby league guru's stuff. But I do check out a lot of his Instagram content. I, I really like his perspective on things. I think he's got a pretty good read and he's not afraid to say uh, if he, you know, makes a fuck up or says anything that turns out to be, you know, wrong. Uh, and he, he rates Renoff Artoni as a great buy for the Roosters to help their middle forward rotation, especially with the loss of Isaac Liu. And I tend to agree. I watched Renoff play. It might be Renoff. I think it's Renoff. I don't know. I'll say that. Uh, but he played in the Bulldogs New South Wales Cup setup for a while. And he was just playing so well that eventually they couldn't deny him a spot in first grade. But we've seen a lot of players just struggle under the Bulldogs system. Just when the team's not going well, it can kind of make it hard for you to go really well. And he was still putting out good performances. 
But I think Renoff Artoni, like I said earlier, a lot of players are going to step up to that next level, some in a leadership capacity. Well, Renoff Artoni comes as a middle forward who does have NRL experience, but he's looking to break into the Roosters team. And for me, that's Artoni's logical next step up, is to be making the first grade side consistently, even if that's off the bench. And I think if all these players can step up and they're all pushing for a spot in first grade, then all of a sudden the Roosters just become this juggernaut that becomes very hard to stop. The other signing for the Roosters, Paul Momorowski, looking for third straight premiership, second straight uh, being involved in the grand final win. And he's come back to the Roosters as a much, much better player. Not that he was a bad one when he left, but he comes back with some serious credentials. So Paul Momorowski, great signing for the Roosters. In terms of their losses, Isaac Liu to the Titans, that's a really big loss. I think Renolf Artoni is a great gain to try and offset that loss. Josh Morris and Brett Morris retired. Jake Friend retired. Boyd Cordner retired. And the greatest of all of those Roosters names, the man who once won me in 2014, a first try scorer bet for the Broncos, Dale Copley, has called it a day. So yeah, how the, how the Roosters bounce back from that one? I'm not too sure. I think that's why they signed Naguama and uh, what's his chops? Paul Momorowski, that's his chops. Uh, yeah, to try and offset the loss of Dale Copley. I'm not talking shit, I actually really like Dale Copley. Uh, I followed his career with a keen interest since he won me that first try score bet. Uh, so thanks, Dale Copley. That's what I'll say. Thank you, sir. Uh, and Matt Ikuvalu, who had stepped up and played a lot of games on the right wing for the Roosters, really... Didn't seem like he was, you know, one, one of those Roosters superstars, but he got the job done. He was playing like a superstar, and Craig Fitzgibbon knows what he can offer, and so he's decided to bring Ikuvalu over to the Sharks, and it looks like Matt Ikuvalu is in the frame for a start in the Sharks' first team for round one. So looks like that's a good decision from him, because he would have a lot of competition here. He is a very serviceable player for the Roosters, but I think he's really similar to, like, a Nico Hines, who left their role player position to become a bigger part of like a first grade setup. I think that's what's happened here with Matt Ikuvalu leaving to the Sharks. And of course, the 2023 gain for the Roosters, they've got Brandon the Hectic Cheese Smith, the F-bomb dropping hooligan, uh, who also is one of, if not the best dummy half in the game, now that Cameron Smith is gone. Like honestly, Brandon Smith is so fucking good. And he's, the Roosters are going to be so fucking good with Brandon Smith. That is a hectic combination, no pun intended. So that was the gains and losses. I'll jump through their full top 30 squad now, as well as the Roosters development list. They've got Ben Marshke, the young dummy half on the development list. Ben Thomas, a young middle forward. He played really well in the third string trial on the weekend, was one of the best players on the park in a beaten side against a pretty decent Raiders lineup, definitely not their third string. Uh, so Ben Thomas could be playing some first grade. He stepped up and played some first grade last year because they had so many injuries. So that's what I mean. Even three out of the four guys on their development list have already played first grade, and some of them in finals. Uh, so yeah, that's, that's pretty good when you're, you're developing guys have already had like finals footy or played some NRL. Uh, they've also got... Tuku Hao Tapua. I'll have to get that more uh, smooth off the tongue as the season goes along because he is a big bopper. 
He made his NRL debut last season as well. He's on the development list, so I think they will do exactly that and develop him through New South Wales Cup. Uh, but there's no shame in developing these players. They have a lot of other props who they've taken time to develop who are probably going to take, it's like I said, the logical next steps. Now some of the guys who've been biding their time, like Daniel Fafida um, and other guys like that, they're going to get the chance to step up into more of a leadership or more of a prominent role within the Roosters setup. And that's going to allow someone like Tapua a chance to play in New South Wales Cup, bide his time, develop his skills, because he is a big fella and he's only getting bigger and stronger. So that's a real worry for opposition fans. And I think once Jared Weir Hargreaves and a couple of other guys slowly start to enter like the end of their careers, then the guys that the Roosters are developing are going to be ready to step in and fill that void. Now the fourth player for the Roosters development list is the young half Ronald Volkman. My one to watch, remember the name, Ronald Volkman. Now for the Roosters full top 30 squad, Renoff Atoni, Fletcher Baker stepped up big time last year, great middle forward, again they're going to be counting on him to have a great season. The Butcher brothers, both extremely talented, you have the older brother Nat Butcher, he's been playing in their setup first grade wise for quite a while now and he's a guy who definitely is stepping up. Like. That's the major thing I see for the Roosters. I see a lot of young players stepping up. I see players between that kind of 100 games of first grade or that experience without being like leaders. I see them stepping into leadership roles. And yeah, I see everyone at the Roosters getting better, which is a bit of a worry. And here I am being like, yeah, the Warriors are going to beat them. Uh, they're fucking probably not. And then Egan Butcher, who's the younger brother of Nat, he looks like a really good young back rower. He made his debut last year as well, or if it wasn't last year, he may have played a game the year before, but he really came on and developed a lot. That was a theme of the Roosters season. So many young guys getting into that first grade setup and just getting a chance to get a taste of it. Then there's Lindsay Collins, the Queensland origin front rower, back from his season ending injury. He's signed long term. He's another guy who now steps up He's gone from being, you know, one of their middle forward prop rotation players to now he's a leader. He is an origin player and he is a big part of their squad if they want to push for a premiership. Angus Crichton, he's a natural leader. He's just such a gun of a player. The Roosters are a better team with Angus Crichton in it. Malala Graham Taufer, who is a young winger slash fullback. We may see him get a run this season. I think his preference... Uh, I think he plays on the right side or maybe left. I don't know. I don't know what side he prefers, but he's a gun young player. If they have a few injuries like last season or a lot like last season, then they're going to have to call guys like Moala Graham Taufer in. And he's another one that over the last couple of years, even without like a lot of football to develop his skills, he's been quietly chugging along, just waiting for his chance in first grade. And the departure of someone like Matt Ikuvalu opens up a door for a young guy like Moala Graham Taufer. We've got Drew Hutchison, talked about him a bit earlier. Luke Carey, my X-Factor player. Adam Kieran, spoke about him, big fan of Adam Kieran. Lachlan Lamb, there were rumours he was going to go to the Lee Centurions to join his dad, Adrian Lamb, who was the coach, not a, not the star half. Uh, but Lachlan Lamb's been trialling at fullback. It looks like that's all just noise. Maybe next season Lamb moves on, so maybe he doesn't take as big a role, but he's still has a massive role. He's been in the Roosters setup since the juniors. 
uh, and they've taken their time to develop him. So I think they'll still want to get the rewards of taking the time to develop him. And then maybe next season, we see Lachlan Lamb move on in search of more first grade opportunity. He is a Queenslander too, I think. So maybe he goes to the Dolphins or maybe he does join his dad at the Lee Centurions. Then the Roosters have Freddie Lusick. He finished last year on a loan at the Dragons, but he's another option at dummy half, which I mentioned earlier. They need guys at dummy half to get the job done. Well, Freddie Lusick could be a bit of a bolter. He's on the main squad list and Marshke is on the development, li- uh, development list. Sorry, I can't speak English. Uh, so Freddie Lusick, he could be the one to step in. And again, all these guys just need to step up and improve. And if Verils goes down, then boom, Freddie Lusick, there's your chance to step up and become a bigger part of this Roosters organization. Then Joey Manu, wish he came to the Warriors, brother. Paul Momorowski, spoke a bit about him. Kevin Naguama, Victor Radley, I could speak for like hours about him. What a gun player. He is a huge part of their season. I think Trent Robinson will be working on ways to keep his aggressive game style as part of their kind of plan, but... Robinson's going to want to keep him on the park. He knows that Victor Radley needs to get as many first grade games out there as possible this season to have the Roosters winning as many games as possible. Then there's Billy Smith, a very talented center. I think for like the last few years, the goal has been for him to be their first choice center, but he just has had such a torrid run with injury. And yeah, hopefully Billy Smith can get his body right because when he's at his best, I mean, that's a pretty fair rap for the young guy to be the Roosters' kind of first preference for left centre. The only reason they ended up really getting Josh Morris, like they would have probably got him anyway because of the Sharks' salary cap, but Billy Smith got injured, and going into that season, Billy Smith was who they were looking for to fill Latrell Mitchell's position. Then the Roosters have Joseph Sawali, what a gun young player. Daniel Fafita, he's another one I predict to step up big time this season. Sio Tokiaho, Another former Warrior, uh, great player, didn't see, I think he played one game for the Warriors, but he played for our reserve grade and under 20s, sorry for always rambling about the Warriors. It looks like Tokiaho might be off next season as well, maybe somewhere like the Catalans Dragons or Catalans Dragons. James Tedesco, the captain, what a player. Daniel Tupo, fantastic, one of the best wingers in the game. Brian Toe at the moment is probably the best winger in the game, but if you want to talk about like consistency over a long period of time, Daniel Tupo is probably as good as it gets, other than Brett Morris, who was also in the Roosters' setup. So Daniel Tupo, an incredible player. He hasn't really been slowing down as well. He's still playing as good as he ever has. So he's another major key out on that left wing for the Roosters to push toward the Premiership. Satili Tupo Niua. He's a great young back rower as well. He stepped into the first grade real... Wow. Damn, son. I'll be back in a moment. <laughs> Actually, you know what? Fuck it. We can handle a little bit of vacuum. It's better than the music he always plays. So I only got a couple of names left on this list. Oh, there we go. There we go. Satili Tupin, New York. Uh, we last year with Boyd Cordner, the uncertainty, and then the eventual retirement. We saw Satili go from a bench forward to a consistent back rower, even played center, uh, and he's only going to get better this year. Sam Verrills, the dummy half, Jared Waria Hargreaves, a couple of years left on his deal. Off contract at the end of 2023, maybe that's when we see Jared hang up the boots. Uh, he's still playing as good as ever, and he is like the heart and soul of this club. 
especially now that players like Cordner and Friend have left. Sam Walker, long-term half. I can't see the Roosters losing him if they want to hold on to him. Connor Watson spoke about him and Nafahu White. Or Nafahu White, I'm not sure exactly how to say his name, but he's a really big back rower as well. He should be in for a cracking season. So that's pretty much everything as far as my Roosters preview, which leaves one thing, right? And that's the prediction. And I've got a couple. I've got a couple here. Juicy, I know. All right, the fucking vacuum's back. But fuck it. You know what? I got two big predictions to make, and then this podcast's done. So if you can handle this vacuum, I can handle this vacuum. I'm actually moving out next month. So you know what? Let's indulge in one final vacuum. And one of the last disturbances uh, from a bloke who just is full of them when I decide to make podcasts. And I'll be like, hey... I'm just recording a podcast. They'll be like, cool, I'm going to fucking play the Beatles like super loud. So I'm like, whatever. Am I salty right now? No, I'm actually not. Let's just fucking the fuck the vacuum. Let's just keep going. It's not that bad if you can hear it. And what you can hear more than the vacuum is my prediction. Roosters in second place for the NRL season. Why is that? Well, everything I've said. Their squad, they're all going to step up to their next level, in my opinion. Trent Robinson, a great coach. Jason Riles and Brett Morris, great additions to the team. In the terms of the coaches, a very strong captain in James Tedesco. And quality all around the park. But that's not all. Not only do I have the Roosters in second place, not only do I have vacuum sounds now intertwined into this fucking preview and predictions podcast, But I have a huge bonus prediction for you right here. My bonus prediction is that I have the Sydney Roosters to win the 2022 Premiership. That is my official call. Uh, I've done all my previews and now I've got a few more in the next few days. But I've gone the Roosters. I'm backing the Roosters to get it done. That is my official call. My prediction for the Premiers this season is the Sydney Roosters or are the Sydney Roosters. Uh, It's a shame that in all 16 of my previews, my big premiership revelation was drowned out by vacuuming, but fuck it, you heard it, you heard what I said, you get what I said, so forgive the vacuum, I'm just going to move on quickly because, yeah, it's not good having vacuum throughout a podcast, so Sydney Roosters to get the premiership win this season, I had a couple of teams in contention, including the Storm and the Panthers, But I am taking the Roosters, so if you can remember anything from this podcast other than the sound of this fucking vacuum that haunts my dreams, uh, Sydney Roosters to win the 2022 Premiership. That's it. I'm going with that. Let's release the podcast. Let's release my official prediction. And next up, I will be doing the Manly Seagulls. So that'll be coming out tomorrow. Seven previews in seven days. How is that for timing? Uh, And yeah, until next time, take care. (laughs)